Welcome to episode 163. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hello and happy holidays. I hope everyone is doing well and having a great introduction to their holiday season. This episode, we are going to talk about arguing. This is one of our most frequently asked questions. How do I get my kid to stop arguing? (laughs) And as a parent, I completely relate to that frustration and that challenge. It can be really exhausting to have a child that's very argumentative. And honestly, when it comes to this question, I have so many answers. And at Smarter Parenting, we've been talking about introducing some classes that are going to help parents with this concept moving forward. But for now, we want to be able to give you some of the pieces of that. So when I talk with a family that is struggling with their child and arguments, this can range from a young child to a teenager, especially our teenagers, right? And typically the story that I hear goes a little something like this. I asked my child to stop playing the Xbox and to do their chore. And they argued with me and told me five more minutes and told me I wasn't being fair and told me that they didn't want to do that. And they used attitude, they stomped their foot, they rolled their eyes. I'll hear a lot of different descriptions of how that argument plays out. But typically, it's this discussion between a parent and a child about what one of them wants versus what the other one wants. And so when it comes to these disagreements, um, there's a lot of ways to handle it. And there's a lot of tools that I want to get out family and that child. For today's podcast, we're going to focus on just one of those tools. So the tool that we're going to focus on is following the instruction. And we're going to work on how to just disengage from the argument enough that your child can follow through on the instruction. Now, this part is pretty critical. It's a key moment in that argument and that discussion. And it makes a big difference in how your relationship plays out in long term and and how the rest of your day plays out following this argument. So the first thing that I want to point out is that arguments require two people. There's always two sides to an argument. And as soon as one of those people chooses to step out of it, argument is gone. So we cannot have an argument if the parent chooses to disengage. Now, I have worked with some families where it's the child that does a good job of disengaging. But as the parent, you have the responsibility to acknowledge that an argument is happening and to find a way to stop it. And so following instructions is the tool that you're going to use to stop it. So let's lay out a scenario or an example. Your child is doing something and you ask them to do something different and immediately they start protesting and the argument arises. So as they point out all of the reasons that they should not complete that task, you are in turn pointing out the reasons that they should complete that task. Now, this moment of argumentative disagreement is not a great time for teaching. It's not the time to use the most effective rationales for our kids. It's not the time to persuade them. It really is a time to disengage from the argument, de-escalate the child so that they're calm if they're upset and there's emotions arising, and then to redirect over to where you were starting. So let's see this play out in a couple of families. Let's talk about first a toddler. I was listening to my husband the other day, and he was asking our toddler to clean up the trains. And my toddler began protesting in the same exact pattern that I see in teenagers and older children all the time. He started saying the reasons that he didn't want to, and then he started pulling out other things that he did want. So he started asking for chocolate milk, and he started asking for crackers. 
and he started pulling in all of these other components. Now, one of the biggest things that I see in parents, including myself, is getting distracted by all of these other things that are going on in the argument. And you start to derail and go down these little pathways, and that's what draws out your argument and makes it long. I've seen parents and children go in arguments for hours, and it's because they're taking all of these different tangents and going down those roads. So in order to prevent that, what you're going to do is you're going to stop and pause and think about what your instruction was. So in this case, my husband's instruction was to clean up the trains. Now we're going to follow the steps to following instructions, and we're going to continue doing that until our child is able to follow through on what was asked of them. And then we're not going down any of those tangents. So in this scenario with the train, we have my son, Beckham, asking for all of these different things. And so my husband's focus is first on getting his attention. That's step one. So he does something to relate to him. In this case, he used empathy or he got down in his level. Uh, my son, he needed to have a little bit of a separation from all the different things that were in the room. So he walked him over to the stairs and they sat down there together until my son was able to give my husband his attention. Step two is give a simple, clear, and descriptive instruction. Right now, I need you to go clean up the trains. And the child then in turn needs to say okay or give a positive response. Then the child completes the task, returns, and report it being done. Those are the four steps to following instructions. And in this case, my son was well-versed in how this plays out in our family. And so he was pretty quick to turn things around. As he asked for chocolate milk, my husband just paused, gave him time, didn't respond to the chocolate milk question, and then gave his simple instruction again. I need you to go and clean up the trains and put them in this drawer. After a few times of repetition with that instruction, our son was able to get up, go over, put up the trains, my husband helped him, and then once he was complete, they high-fived and he was all done. Now this is an argument with a two-year-old, so I know that that's a little bit different than what's happening in many other households. So let's jump over to an example of a family that I'm working with that has a teenager. Their son is 13 years old, and I know that this is the beginning of teenagehood, but boy oh boy is this the heat and the heart of the arguments. So this family's name is the Erickson family, and the father that I was talking to is named Sam. Their 13-year-old son, Patrick, came in the home one day and asked if he could go play basketball with his friends. Considering all of the different things on their schedule and the condition of chores and the home and homework needs and all of these different factors, Sam's response was quick and he said, no, <laughs> we have a lot going on. These are the things that need to get done. Patrick didn't respond so well to that. And this is a frequent pattern with Patrick. He often doesn't respond well to being told no and quickly jumps into an argument. He started listing off all of the reasons that he should be able to go play basketball, why it's not fair that he doesn't get to go why his siblings get to do it and he doesn't, and then he starts going off on several different tangents. As we started describing the argument and going through the details of it, we went on tangents of things like, math is too hard and he hates his teacher, and he has a substitute in English, and so he really doesn't need to work on that homework because the substitute doesn't really know what's going on in the classroom. His dad is wanting to get into the, the meat of some of these comments and these points that he's making to point out it doesn't matter who your teacher is or if your substitute knows what's going on. You still have assignments. You're responsible. You know what to do. As Sam's going on this list, he's telling me about his desire for his son to have accountability and to be responsible and to demonstrate integrity. And all of these are great concepts from a well-intended father. But we need to break down when is the time and place for him to learn these things? And how does a child actually learn those kinds of qualities? 
those qualities take time, and it's going to take a long time for Patrick to learn those over his lifetime. And that that is not something that's going to change in this argument. This isn't the pivotal moment for Patrick to suddenly learn all of these life skills and these qualities and characteristics that really matter to his family. This moment is for de-escalating. It's for calming Patrick down, getting him to stop arguing, and then focusing on the task or the instruction at hand. Then at a neutral time, especially in times of praise, Those are the moments where Patrick's going to best learn those qualities and those traits that his father wants him to learn. So we broke this down by having him work on following instructions. As a starting step, this is where we're going to go. Sam's assignment was to talk with Patrick and to let him know his instruction. Now, in this example that we were reviewing, Sam had a lot of instructions for Patrick. So we talked about keeping it simple and then being very descriptive about exactly what he expected of him. Today, we have a really busy day. So we need to complete homework and then chores. And once those things are done, you can check in with me about basketball, but I don't think that there's going to be time. So that may need to wait for the weekend. Right now, I want you to go and get your homework assignments out so that you can start working on them at the table. In this statement, I gave a really clear and descriptive instruction on exactly what I wanted Patrick to do. This statement doesn't leave a ton of room for argument, but that doesn't mean that Patrick's not going to do his best to create one. So as the father and I talked about how this plays out and what this would look like if he were to try this, he gave all of the different excuses that he could think of. And we didn't get into any of those excuses in this practice. I simply focused and restated exactly what my instructions were until Patrick was ready to start following those instructions. I calmly stated empathy statements and praised him in order to get his attention. Patrick, I see that you're really excited about basketball, but right now I need you to go get your homework out and sit at the table. And I would continue to repeat those instructions again and again and again until Patrick was able to follow through on those. We didn't go down any of the tangents of why life wasn't fair, I didn't like him, He was so upset, all of those different things that could go in the wrong direction, and instead we just focused on the instruction. Once Patrick was finally tired of arguing with himself, he would go, he would get the backpack, and he would pull out the homework. And I know this because I've done it. I've done it a hundred times with a hundred kids. So as Sam and I wrapped up this role play, he realized it takes two people to argue. And if he removes himself from the argument, if he stops going down these rabbit holes, then he can disengage Patrick from the argument and it can stop there. That doesn't mean that Patrick's thoughts and feelings aren't warranted, that he really does feel like life is unfair or that I'm always telling him no or he never gets to go play basketball. Those are real feelings for Patrick, and and I appreciate him bringing those up. That moment of him arguing with me is not the time to dive into it. So Sam and I then talked about ways that he could then dive into those things after the fact. Once Patrick was completing his homework, he was calmed down, he was no longer argumentative. That is a time for effective communication. That is a time for problem solving. That is a time for teaching and creating a bond and developing your relationship with your child. And so we talked about all of those things happening after the fact. But for this little moment in time, for this argument, he needed to pause and just focus on the instruction. So we've gone over a couple of scenarios, but it still might not feel as relatable to you. I want you to think about your last argument with your child. We've all had them, even my two-year-old, right? I just told you a story about my two-year-old arguing. He loves to get into it. And, and it's okay for our kids to want to argue. It's them wanting to use their voice. 
What's not okay is for us to start fueling that by arguing back. That's not going to lead to any sort of effective communication or relationship between one another. So I want you to consider that last argument. Consider a couple of things. How did it start? What were they saying to you? And how many rabbit holes did you go down? Did you guys have the tangents of life's not fair, you don't love me, yes I love you, no you don't, (laughs) and some of that back and forth that we've all fallen into? What happened over the course of that argument and how long did it last? Now applying these changes isn't going to switch over your arguments overnight. It's going to make a huge difference, but it's going to take a few times for your child to start learning, wow, we're really not going down those rabbit holes anymore. So I want you to start today by just practicing that instruction, that simple, small instruction. The next time you feel yourself getting into an argument, pause. Do something that gets your child's attention. So that might be an empathy statement or being quiet for a few minutes. Do something that engages them in a way that that is meaningful and that they're listening and they're not just talking over you. Once you have that mic, use that opportunity to state your clear, simple instruction. This is what you need to do. Then, when your child is ready, they're going to follow that instruction. They might not be ready right away. They might not be ready the first, third, or fifth time that you state the instruction. And that's okay. This is a learning process. Continue to calmly state your instruction until your child is able to follow through on it. Once they follow through, they then need to report back to you that it's complete. That is a beautiful time where your child is likely de-escalated enough that you guys can complete a conversation. You can start going into things like, seemed like you were really upset earlier and I wanted to hear what you had to say, but the way that you approached it was by arguing and that's not the way to get your point across. This is what I'd like you to do to get your point across. And you can start teaching them other ways to communicate with you. Now, those other ways are things that I want to dive into as well. I love talking about how to teach kids about problem solving and communication and disagreements. One of the things that I'm most passionate about is teaching kids how to disagree with an adult or an authority figure or even a peer. It's such a powerful tool that we overlook in the effort to enforce compliance. And it's really important that we teach them how to use their voice when they don't agree with something, especially with us as their parent. Now, as we dive into those different topics, we're going to be releasing new videos, new content, new classes, all sorts of things over the next year. And we're excited to take you along the path with us. I'll do a couple of these podcasts to help you along the way in these little tidbits, but you can always reach out to us on social media. If you have a question or an example or a scenario and you feel comfortable sharing it on social media, please send us a comment or a message and we'd love to respond to it. We'll fill you in on our stories about the different things that we would do to start managing those behaviors and those situations that you're coming across. We also would love to hear your success stories, so please reach out to us with those. You can find us on Instagram at Smarter Parenting and on Facebook at Smarter Parenting. We are excited to go down this journey with you and to partner with you in all of your parenting adventures and hope that this little tip on arguing can help you out, especially as we head into these emotional holiday seasons. There can be a lot of contention in the excitement of everything that's going on. And so it's important that you take a moment, take a deep breath (laughs) and dive into this as a parent. Start with this simple tool and see how it goes in your home. Happy holidays, everybody, and we'll see you next time.